Hi, thanks so much for joining us with APC Chats, where we basically work to spotlight people, voices, and opinions that deserve a platform and may not often get it. That said, feel free to join us in the conversation, following us at APC Collective on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hi, welcome to this edition of APC Chats. With me is Mando Rayo of the Rayo Collective, Tacos of Texas, and Revolucion Beer. All in one. All in one. <laughs> He's every man. Remember Whitney Houston? I'm Audrey Ponzio, and I'm very excited to be talking with you. I know we've talked about getting together and threatened to get together, and the threat yes. was made good. We Just got real because I brought tacos. <laughs> tacos and beer, which I've already tasted, and it's amazing. That's how we do lunch at APC. Yep. Um, thanks for joining and no, thanks for having me. Yeah. We've been watching you flourish and pretty much blow up all over social and within the press. <laughs> and we want we want to get a slice of that. We want to know what you're up to and what cool. you're doing. So talk to us. All right. Well, man, you know, what what brings, you know, our gente together, you know, come on, you got beer and tacos. So exactly. first let's break some bread or let's break some tortillas. Let's do you it. You know, so uh, we have some lengua. You know, I mean, I don't mess around. This isn't yeah, like, this is like, this isn't like deal. Oh, I'll have a fajita. <laughs> no, we got to go big. No, and this is taco, this tacos al pastor, lengua, which is tongue. Yeah. Um, and then over here we have uh, tacos uh, dorados de barbacoa, yeah. ahumada, so smoky from uh, taqueria chapala down the street. And um, no, well, you know, the thing is, is for me, like, uh, I always say I was born with a taco in my hand. <laughs> you know when the doctor, when you're born and, you know, they slap you, yeah. you know, to wake you up or whatever. And for me, they slap me with a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nalga me Dios. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You must be from El Paso. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the accent's coming out. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> Watch when I say the things like the L, like flirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the share. Don't mind Not me. share, yeah. chair, share. Yeah, that's ah, what I come said. come on. Yeah. <laughs> My brother says that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, yeah. Well, you know, for me, it all kind of started with with the tacos. And, and, you know, for me, it was like a vehicle, obviously, uh, uh, late nights and uh, hangovers, yeah. for sure. When I, I started writing about tacos about uh, a little bit over 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, through the taco journalism blog. And it kind of just kind of you know, we built community with that. We shared the tacos. We did meetups, mm-hmm. bike rides. I went all to one of, of your meetups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Back in the day, and uh, you know, everybody, I was, I, you know, I was just like, hey, let's build a community around this. Let's share the tacos, but let's learn. Let's go a little deeper. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, more than what you see here. What you see here is beautiful. You know, you got some great, yeah. great tacos and. Uh, but where do they come from? What's the story behind the them? Behind it. The people behind it. You know, there, a lot of them is the traditions of cooking mm-hmm. uh, that was passed down from one generation to the next, from abuelita, mm-hmm. from a tío, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you have taqueros doing their thing, right? Yeah. And so we wanted to share that story. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just about, oh, where can I get, to, you know, breakfast tacos, breakfast tacos, the trendiest yeah. tacos in Austin, <laughs> yeah, which no. now have been I know. taken yeah by storm by yeah, everybody yeah. else yeah everybody else so but um i'm gonna give a nod to san antonio which has yeah. definitely way better ta- breakfast tacos than austin you know i don't think i've tried sorry one. not sorry <laughs> he said it he said it yeah but but um so yeah that's kind of how we started and um you know 
soon after that, uh, we wrote our first book, which was a, a book focused on the Austin breakfast taco scene. Mm -hmm. And then following that, you know, people were asking, well, what's next? You know, people are like, are you going to do late night tacos or dinner tacos? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tacos <laughs> that, all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, nah, man, we got to go big. We got to go with Texas. So we yeah. went, we said, we're going to go to 10 cities across Texas mm -hmm. and find the tacos that people are making and eating. Mm -hmm. And from people, you know, everyday people to the taqueros, yeah. to the tortilleras, um, all the, where, how, how all the recipes come together and their story and their connection to the food. Yeah. So, and then hence we have, you know, the book, The Tacos of Texas, mm -hmm. published by University of Texas Press. <laughs> Thanks, University of Texas Press. Because so, they are great in, yeah. in sharing and, and supporting the stories that need to be told. Yeah, exactly. And so, so, the, so we, we went to 10 cities. Mm -hmm. We traveled over 7,000 miles without leaving the state of the Texas. State of Texas. The can great you, state of Texas. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we, during that trip, we ate over 500 tacos. Oh my and God. as you can tell, now I'm three taco sizes larger. He's <laughs> <laughs> a double taco. Double taco. Yeah. Like double corn, always <laughs> double corn. And so, so yeah, so that, so that became a book. It came out last year. And then last year we actually, um, started working with independence brewing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with that, uh, we did taco events and they supported like for me, I was like, yeah, you know, uh, I love their beers and, you know, uh, I, I'm an avid drinker of beer in general. <laughs> so with my deal, I'll sure I'll drink a Bud Light, you know, yeah. when you go, go that's back, what that's, that's what he drinks. So you can't like, you know, piss him off. Yeah. And uh, but when I drink, I'm like, I like a nice, you know, a nice craft beer. Right. Yeah. So it was a perfect match. And then it was when. Um, I was, uh, uh, actually I was cooking at, at the brewery. So I'm like a home cook. I love to cook all the time. And so I'll say, oh, so let's do Sunday dinner. We're invited. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm always doing Four carnitas, discadas, okay. you know, all of it. And then, and then I was brainstorming, um, with one of the founders, um, Amy Cartwright about, Hey, why don't we do like a taco beer? Like I was cooking with her beer, but I was like, man, it would be nice to have something that could go perfectly with carnitas. And I use uh, citrus with my carnitas. So mm -hmm. I use some oranges mm -hmm. and I also use, you know, other ingredients, but it, it really kind of would bring out some of those flavors, yeah. especially as, you know, as you drink. Yeah. And the idea just kind of came from there, That's you know? Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and now we, you know, we, we just launched Revolucion beer. Um, and we're going to be in four markets. We're in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas. Okay. And it's a summer kind of limited release. Yeah. So, and it's at HEB, it's at Specs. And, you know, to this day, I'm like, I'm not going to drink any other beer. No. You have <laughs> unless to, my tío says that, unless yeah. my tío's like, no, it's a no cerveza, porque blah, 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 blah. les gustaron? Did they like it? Yeah, I did. I took it to El Paso. And, you know, even my tío was like, oh, está buena. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to eat uh, yeah, while you comment. That's <laughs> my turn. We'll take turns between bites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. It's, it's so interesting to me because we were talking a little bit before we started about following your instincts. And mm -hmm. in times of here's the path and here's the traditional way to go and pursue something, there is then listening to your instincts and saying, but I want more or I want to do more. I'm meant for more. I have more in me that needs to be exposed and not just for the actual value of making money, but right. for the passion and the spirit. Yeah. And so 
from what you shared, you had a passion for tacos and a, a passion for getting it right. And, yeah. and I could see that happening probably more so here in Austin because I don't know how long you've been here. I got here in 95 and I left for a bit. Yeah, I, I got here in 95 too. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I thought you, you look familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw you on Dirty Six. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I may have been on the stage at 311. I ain't going to lie. I had fun in college. Yeah, that was fun. My nickname in college was Happy. Cause oh, I did, yeah. I didn't drink that much, but I was always pretty always happy. happy. Oh. Um, so point being is kind of following your instincts and your intuition. And, and I think more than more than ever, it's we celebrate the gut instinct and, and kind of varying your own path. Mm-hmm. And I always tell Hector, our producer and others that we work with, who do you get to be if you trust yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a way to make money and ideally you have five different ways to make money that you're not so dependent on one Avenue. I mm-hmm. learned that after kind of, I can't even comment on it because of dynamics. Um, sure. I learned that kind of the hard way of kind of putting everything I had into one particular place mm-hmm. in one particular moment. And then life happens mm-hmm. and then you have to reflect as to who am I? Cause it's not just that job and it's not just that client or those clients or that team. Mm-hmm. I have to mean more than what I've been allowing myself to mean. So yeah. You're no. doing it. No, I, I mean, the thing is, you know, I always consider myself a late bloomer, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to tell me like three times before I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but at the same time, you know, I like, I learned to listen to my gut mm-hmm. and, and just go for it. Um, definitely I was with you too. Like, you know, I worked, my, my background is in community engagement, mm-hmm. you know, and I did uh, about 13 years with the United way. Um, and then I did four more years with another agency and then I started my own yeah. just because it just kind of like said it, like, you know, the, the, the stars were aligning and even though it was actually, it was about four years ago. So like even the economic times weren't that great. My wife just got accepted to graduate school in another city um, at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, co- I even commuted, you know, for three years, you know, and so it's kind of like, you know, you know, trusting your gut, following your passion. And even if there's some hard times, you know, that, you know, we normally don't you share amongst each other, amongst family. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of work through these things, but you don't usually see this like, you know, online and yeah. whatever. And so, so this idea of, you know, uh, just really drilling down on what it is that you're wanting. You start, you start wide yeah. and then you kind of drill down as you kind of learn and grow. Yeah. And um, just same with the tacos, you know, I was like, people have been asking me, you know, for years, like, oh, you should broaden your yeah. whatever, you know. Uh, your palate, your, what you cover, you know? And I'm like, nah, man, I just do tacos. It's all good. You can yeah. have the, all the burritos. Yeah. You can have the, the like newest. You tra- have Aaron Sanchez. He talks about Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, rep- you know, uh, the, like my, the core of our, of my agency is like to represent the underrepresented. Absolutely. You know? And so, so whether I'm doing my, my traditional grassroots outreach work, to digital campaigns, to talking about tacos. It's about bringing those stories, you know, to light. Exactly. And, you know, just with a book, we, we interviewed over a hundred people and, you know, to be honest, most of them won't get covered. Sure. The chefs get covered. Um, and, um, and even like, you know, when you think about, you know, Mexican or Latino, uh, uh, food, Mm -hmm. uh, they usually refer to, you know, like the white chef. 
And so, nah, uh not anymore, you know. What do you mean, Rick Bayless? <laughs> all of those. Gotta, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. They they all have, uh, they have, um, uh, you know, a, a space I think yeah. in there. But at the same time, like I want to hear, you know, about the abuelitas mm -hmm. that you know started this and why a third generation, um, you know, son is actually going to carry that tradition. Yeah you know, through and through. Yeah. So I want to hear about those things. Yeah. Um, and so, so this idea of, you know, the, this thing, this phrase that we kind of developed is taco journalism, you know, it's, and that's for us, that's how we kind of go deeper into these stories. And then they kind of, they, you know, naturally come out. But, and then it's a reflection of my life too, you know? So I had to like, uh, start my own agency just because it was for me it was the right timing and you know I was like okay I think I can do this sort of <laughs> just need one client just need one client, one client to yeah. believe in you and then yeah. you know you're not crazy yeah and in fact my very first client was uh, Keller U PBS yay yeah no well for me you know I'm a I'm a I'm a nonprofit guy yeah. for sure for me it's all about La Causa yeah you know it has I to be yeah and so but I have a mix of nonprofit and for, yeah. uh, for uh, profit clients. But it's also, uh, I would say, on my terms, yeah. you know, because I have two small children, my wife and our home. And, you know, I would rather focus uh, my my schedule, um, my schedule demands uh, focusing on them than a client that's going to pay me. 50 bucks extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Sometimes literally. just 50 bucks extra. Literally. Yeah. Seriously. But that's a lesson I'm learning right now. Of mm -hmm. like, it has to look different. And it has to be meaningful to me, but also meaningful for the team. That it's not just saying yes, which I've built a career off of, you know? Yeah. Obviously with counsel and guidance and not just saying it for the sake of sure. it. But like, yes, and. Or this is how it should look or could look. Right, exactly. Um, but that's a lesson in the service industry period because I think a lot of us get lost in the spirit of service and we forget mm -hmm. to service our lives and our personal yeah. priorities. Yeah, exactly. And so, so, so this idea of, you know, people, have, they, you know, they ask me, well, how do you do it? We see you kind of running a hundred miles an hour, you know, and I do, I do. And, and it's, it's just my, the natural engine inside me. <laughs> I feel bored if I'm not doing five things at once <laughs> um, or not eating at least three tacos at once. <laughs> but but it is you have to prioritize kind of your life and then the types of projects. That's one thing that when I started my agency, I wanted to work on projects that were meaningful, mm -hmm. that made a difference in people's lives in the community, especially in our communities. Absolutely. And um and to be honest, I didn't want to work with any more assholes. <laughs> Can I say that? First. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't think people realize what um, kind of the heart that goes into one looking like we do and the need or the, the feeling that you have to overperform or outperform or do twice mm -hmm. as much just for the recognition. And two, what you're subject to based on lack of exposure, right? Because I don't blame mm -hmm. anyone for not knowing how to engage or how to be mindful because sure. it's, it's their context mm -hmm. and culture is a response to environment. And if their environment didn't reflect people that look like you and I, you and me, English, no, so good. Nosotros. <laughs> Nosotros. <laughs> if it didn't reflect that, then they're, they only know so much. And yeah. so the opportunity for counsel to be mindful is, is a huge responsibility and I love it, but I've heard some ugly stuff. Yeah. I've heard 
Mexicans aren't doctors. Yeah. And I've had my team being questioned about their billing rate. Well, isn't it because it's multicultural? Isn't there a discount? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you kidding me? Because I'm bilingual and I understand two cultures and I infuse that strategy. That's an asset. Yeah. So I've heard some pretty shady things on on this side, um, but it just means there's more work to do. Yeah. And I think we have to take that responsibility on of informing and educating people, you know, saying, oh, that's not going to work or that's not going to fly or what you're saying is, you know, um, well, probably you're going to lose consumers because of your attitude or your style, even if it's in an internal type of, you know, relation, conversation, exactly. And so it is on you, you know, we, we constantly have to do that. And to be honest, you know, most of my clients are main, I would call mainstream Mm -hmm. that are, uh, mostly kind of white, yeah. right? So we bring those insights into Latino and multicultural space. And so, so we have to, you know, walk with them and educate them through this process. So, so they, they won't, you know, so, I mean, most of them will, they get it because yeah. that's why they're hiring us. Right. So they get it. But at the same time, you still have to be kind of that that steward that steward exactly yeah. or a good mexican right yeah. on your shoulder not a bad one a <laughs> not good, a bad not one. a bad a good one there's always good <laughs> good and bad both <laughs> do you feel like i didn't know i didn't look different until i got to austin ah, and yeah. i grew up in el paso just like you yeah and you know i have features that i inherited from my italian side i would go to yeah. mexico and I would be called la italiana because that's my last oh, yeah. name and obviously my nose reflects my grandfather's yeah, yeah. history which I'm proud of, um, but I didn't know I was going to be judged as different until I started walking on UT campus and I saw that I was getting Muslim Student Association invites and, you know, Indian American Student yeah, yeah, Association. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why, why are they thinking? Why am I not getting Tridel invites? Or yeah. like, you know, the Greek fraternities. Like, why am I not getting invited to those moments? And yeah. I'm like, oh crap, my face is different. And I yeah. didn't know that. And so I didn't necessarily feel like I had to embrace an identity growing up until right. I left our hometown. Do you feel like you had to stand for something when you got here? Um, you know, uh, it took me a while, but yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just came back from El Paso, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's Chico, all good. Evie. Chico, Chico town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you know, everywhere you go, you know, there's Mexicans, Latinos or however, yeah. you know, everybody's talking, uh, in Spanish or English. Mm-hmm. And without in, judgment, without judgment. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And so, um, when you come over here to Austin and actually I, I, I did experience that a lot, you know, just because of what Austin is, you yeah. know, and the history of Austin, you know, mm-hmm. it's so, so you do, I did kind of get a sense of that, but I would say I had an, uh, an awakening moment. If mm-hmm. you, I was maybe in my like late twenties or something, um, Definitely more than 10 years ago. Sound <laughs> <laughs> <Somewhat>, like <yeah. laughs> And just kind of this idea of like, you know, reconnecting with my culture. Because actually when I, when I was growing up, um, like I think it was maybe in high school or whatever, um, I, was, I was rejecting my, my culture mm-hmm. because, because, um, be, because of many reasons, because of, of the, some of the humiliation that actually happens in schools. Yeah. And you still hear those stories, yeah. you know? Um, and so, so that's part of it. But also, you know, 
try not to stand out and kind of blend in. Blend in, and so I was like, no, you know, I'm, you know, I'm American, and and you actually do hear a lot of that in border towns, yeah. you know. So and San Antonio and San Antonio, yeah. And then so when you come here, you know, you're like, whoa, oh, mm. wow, you know, and it's like. You hear it everywhere. You hear it anyway that people have been exposed to one or one or two cultures, like mm-hmm. one or more cultures. They choose a side almost. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, so I kind of had this awakening moment where, you know, I just realized uh, of realized all the different, I think, um, experiences that that I think happened to me. That was like, oh man, I don't want anybody else to experience this. So that's when I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of like let's get back to the roots. Yeah. You know, and uh, embrace it. Yeah, with tattoos and everything. <laughs> uh, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> TBD. The day is still young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I do think that there's something to when you're confronted with the notion that people see you as different, then mm-hmm. you start questioning, well, what does it mean to be different? And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, so if I'm going to be put on the diversity counts for this company and that company, and I, I dressed way better when I was younger because I had more to prove, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh, so there's no one here at this table or in this meeting or in this conversation that are that's advising the organization or the institution or the brand on how to be better for this mm-hmm. community. So mm-hmm. that's a heavy, happy burden that I've carried my entire career. And and it's but if you were to think about the way I grew up, I'm like, yeah, it was a border town and I went to an all girl Catholic school, thanks to my parents and who sacrificed for me to go, my mom mm-hmm. especially. And I think eighty percent of the student body was Mexican or Mexican-American. These girls came from Juarez. They were people of privilege and people who didn't have as much. I was definitely not one of the higher ends of privilege. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't consider myself, I didn't consider myself growing up like una Mexicana tipica or just like the most, you know, I'm very Americanized and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But corporate America has looked at me as, you know, the 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 chief sensitivity officer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The diversity queen. And the only thing I reflect is a community that, that I come from. And mm-hmm. I, I try and do that with grace and humility and opportunity and not mm-hmm. shame people for not knowing. No, but, yeah. but I feel like it's so funny that you embrace it because you have to. Yeah. And, and there's no one else. So like no. if, if everyone in the room looks the same and you're the one voice that looks different, you are going to stand a little taller and speak a little more loudly for your community because there is no representation. Exactly. So you take it on. And you can't be just the token either you know by that it's the token mindset um and it's it's the idea of that i only represent you know people that maybe you know from el paso maybe Mm -hmm. second generation Mm -hmm. you know but people need to understand that if you really want to understand say in a boardroom um it can't be the just the one you know what do we have like nine uh, Caucasians representing Austin and only one Latino representing, representing the same, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. The, the yeah. fastest growing demographic. Right. Yeah. So that's the idea of, 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 I, I think I would say, you know, being, uh, somebody told me, <laughs> uh, every now and then I call people out on this stuff. And, uh, somebody told me that I'm always like the tip of the spear, you mm-hmm. know? So you have to do that sometimes, not all the yeah. time, because what you want to do is, uh, is focus on the conversation that keeps people in the dialogue yeah. versus them retreating. Yeah. You know? So, 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 but at the same time, you always have to push to yeah. p- push people to grow, push people to understand. Yeah. 
and push people to open those doors. So it's funny because I feel like men in that way, and I, 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 you know, I have a great relationship with my father. I love yeah, men. Yeah. There's no man bashing in this room, but men in that particular way have mm-hmm. it a lot easier than women. No, you're because right. Because when I speak about issues or opportunities, mm-hmm. I've had it in reviews. It sounds like she's preaching. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just kind of trying to provide context, but yeah. I wonder what it would have sounded like if I was not as passionate about my work. Right, right. Or if you're on the receiving end, I have yeah. to tone it down so that you don't feel like I'm being defensive or offensive. Right, right. Yeah. But, yeah, and I noticed that. Or an angry Latina. <laughs> yeah, because if I have passion, it's anger. Yeah. So there's, yeah. A, there's a different way that I have to navigate Exactly. corporate America than, no. than you would because you're just seen as kind of a progressive disruptor and I would be like, oh, I'm an angry brown woman. Sure. No, I, yeah, yeah exactly. No, and I think, you know, you, whether you're uh, a man or a woman, Latino, African-American, mm-hmm. Asian, somebody that's considered, you know, the other yeah. in a pretty dom- a predominant white culture, mm-hmm. you know, you do have to be, I think, um, recognize some of those I would say stereotypes that are there and figure out a way to you know maneuver yeah you know so yeah definitely like you know there's been times where I'm like maybe pushed too hard and people are like okay we shouldn't invite him we shouldn't invite him (laughs) over again yeah I've done I've gone through the same he can just deliver the tacos (laughs) (laughs) stick to this so with that, getting back to tacos, do you feel yeah. like because Austin and God love Austin because I feel like yeah. it's, it's my adopted city. My parents are yeah, here, my sister too. too with her family. My life is is now more Austin than ever before because yeah. now I'm consciously building a business and and my home and whatever the future holds. But it's so open and it, it was in the 90s and it was very, and I know there's two sides to this, but what I found is it was more curious mm-hmm. than super biased or... Mm-hmm you know, the R word, which I don't like to say. Yeah. Um, do you feel like because of the, the misunderstanding of hype around breakfast tacos that you feel like you felt like you had to educate people on actually, if you're going to love it, know it. Right. And if you're going to know it, know, know the people behind it and the stories behind it. So did you take that on as your opportunity to educate the local masses? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, because so yeah. And I would say if you want to, you know, talk about Austin, um, I would use the P word. It's called privilege. Mm. And so people come uh, about anything having to do with Austin from that lens, um, you know, for the most part, you know. And so so it's, it's yeah, especially, you know, uh, this whole breakfast taco, the breakfast taco wars of 2016, you know. Um, you know, the thing is, 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 uh, the idea of Columbusing somebody else's food, right, or culture. Food is an extension of our culture. When you say you developed it, you made it popular, you grew it and brought it to the masses, it discounts all those people and the families that have worked for generations. And they're not interested in, you know, whatever media outlet is telling the story. They're there to, you know, pass that tradition forward, run their business, you know, make the next taco for the, the next, you know, worker coming in. And so, so yeah, I, I definitely need to, you know, I feel compelled because I love Austin. I do too. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, I'm here because I want it to grow. I want it to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
And so I do have to be vocal about that. Yeah. And so, so the idea of between, and, and then, and then again, you know, like it's this common theme that, or I would say it's a reoccurring theme that keeps coming up probably because Austin's definitely media savvy. Yeah. It's a media savvy community. People are coming in from Seattle, from LA, from New York. Um, and you know, they have their first bite and, oh, this is amazing. It's the most, the best taco I've ever had. Yet they've only had one taco in <laughs> Texas. Yeah. They haven't been to San Antonio. Yeah. They haven't been to the Rio Grande Valley, you know, uh, to El Paso, West Texas. And so, so that kind of, you know, kind of spirals, you know. And so I do, I do feel like I have to, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, there's a balance there. Yeah. That I represent, you know, I would say, you know, the truth. Mm -hmm. is what i say i represent the truth um not 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 what's trendy yeah. <laughs> and so so yeah when you're gonna ask me like you know the origins or the best breakfast tacos i'm gonna say san antonio yeah. or somewhere you know in south texas um i'm not gonna say austin you know yeah. and the difference is is a lot is in the tortillas mm -hmm. you know Absolutely. so 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 you go to san antonio you know every you know i'm exaggerating but in a five block radius you can get a great flour tortilla and in Austin, they're hard to find, yeah. you know, so I don't even eat flour in Austin because I think they're hard to find. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 I do feel compelled because every every few years there's, you know, the new new writer coming in mm -hmm. that's like, oh, I heard this about Austin that mm -hmm. they made it popular or they invented it. And I and actually the, the last one. I actually told the, the, the reporter, I told her, you need to go to San Antonio and mm -hmm. find out the truth. Mm -hmm. And he actually went with Austin because there was, I think there was just an agenda, mm -hmm. you know. But every now and then you hear a story about like, well, Austin popularized Tex-Mex food. I'm like, what? What is Not that? So much. You know, and so so I do feel that I have to represent um, people and their traditions, their cooking traditions, mm -hmm. their voices. But I don't want to speak for them, yeah. you know, and I think that's kind of like has been my approach in food writing. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to write about your food. And I, what I want to do is bring you in mm -hmm. and you tell me about that. Yeah. And then that's why we did, you know, so many interviews, you know, for our book. And then um, and so for me, it's I'm not I, I definitely represent them, but I don't speak for them. Yeah, which I think is important. And I also feel like the tools of culture, right, um, food art, music, those are the bridges. And so through the shared experience of eating delicious food, flavorful food that people don't get to experience all the time, that's what makes them curious. And that's yeah. what makes them a little bit more willing to engage. And yeah. you're opening doors to like, great, I love that you love the food, but I want you to understand the people and where it comes exactly. from. Which I think is, it's, it's important. It's yeah. absolutely important. It's it's how people are going to understand the legacy and the the value and the contributions. Yeah, exactly. And because to be honest, like in America, you know, their version of the taco mm -hmm. is, you know, Taco Bell basically. Yeah. And so so part of that is is you know tacos are complex. Mm -hmm. You know, when was the last time you know somebody made a fresh flour tortilla or fresh corn tortilla? You know, that's not an easy thing. Yeah. You know, uh, tacos de lengua. You know, they take you know, probably 10 hours to make. Tacos al pastor has so many ingredients, you know. And so, so these are not simple foods, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes they get labeled like that. Oh, it's a simple taco yeah. or a hum the humble taco. Yeah. 
and um and it's which like I, every man's food and it yeah. is it's not that it isn't but it, it's it's complex and there's a lot of flavors mm-hmm. and a lot of history that goes into those ingredients yeah and then the idea that people love mexican food but mm-hmm. they don't love the mexican yeah you know and trying to tackle that and how do you kind of work and navigate in yeah. that space and um and luckily we you know after after the book came out you know i've been doing a lot of talks around the universities and just mm-hmm. talking to to you know young people around finding their voice and being especially in the digital space mm-hmm. you know and, and like i mentioned i was uh, just in el paso we were actually shooting a pilot episode for a digital series um for um itvs mm-hmm. which is an incubator um for um a digital series that we're doing for youtube that's awesome. So, so you know, so speaking of like stories and understanding where the tacos come from, and people and their culture and the vibe, um, that's kind of where we're going deeper into that. So, I mean, we were in El Paso. We were like met up with like the Lowrider Association. Wow. The you know, we took it a ride. You know, in one of the they call them the Lolos. <laughs> the Lolos. Not just the Lolos, and, the you know, Lolos. Yeah, and then my, my tío made carnitas I and saw. chicharrones. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we went to Tacoholics and and kind of really also focused on, like, the new way of making tacos that yeah. you would never never think of, like, you know, El Paso, you know? You have, and then people's idea of the border, too. Yeah. You know, so... I'm a, I think that's the last, like... Um, one invest in west texas and obviously we're from there but in terms of culture and community and smarts and talent it's it's such a i don't know i feel like it's an oasis that people don't really realize yeah the good that comes from that place oh yeah i mean unfortunately um uh it's it's a Mm drive-through for for a lot of people you know they kind of get from outside of texas to to you know the southwest right Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's so many like uh, community gems there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just Chico's Tacos. You know, yeah. I'm over that, by the way. Sorry, El Paso. But yeah, I've, well, there's two camps. I, I, I've had it. No, I grew up with it. Yeah. And for me, it definitely, you know, kind of it's like that. It's it's like your local diner. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you grew up with, you're going to love it. And But at the same time, like I've eaten. You can't compare. I've eaten a shitload of tacos and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to start a fight. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just stop there. Yeah. Um, So, in terms of revolución. Yeah. Do you feel like because of the political climate, and I don't want to get too far off on tangents that we can't come back from, but do you feel like because of the way people talk about the contributions or lack thereof of different communities, including our own. Right. Do you did was there something there that you wanted to speak up about? Because it looks like it could be does. taken in one of two ways, right? Yeah. Um, so talk to us about yeah. revolution. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, uh, uh, you may, uh, you know, just kind of how I reference people love the Mexican food, but not the Mexican. Um, and then this idea of tacos being here. I mean, be, I mean, tacos were here before Texas was Texas. You know, so so this idea of of, you know, resisting, I guess, this 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 stage where we're at, I think, politically, um, you know, the thing about it is tacos are not going anywhere. And just like it's people, you know, we're going to stay here and fight. Mm -hmm. 
And and for us is is about showing kind of our way of you know the way the way I see it is like it's this it's a taco revolution. Yeah. You know, which for me, like I didn't start it, you know, but it's a great way to kind of like carry that torch mm -hmm. forward and mobilize people and, 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 and bring new people to the table, yeah. I would say, just because, you know, it's a craft, it's a craft beer. But but yeah, it's in, you know, the idea of, of Revolucion beer is, yeah, we're here and we're here to stay, you yeah. know, and so that's in some cases we were here first. We were here first. That's right. Not the very first, FYI. There's not the very first. The, <laughs> 1% of the planet that can claim native rights. Right, and yeah. And I'm very, very protective of that. Yeah. So, so We were here before most. Exactly. And then we, uh, Amy uh, from Independence Brewing and I, were pretty much kind of in sync on the same page as far mm -hmm. as like what we wanted to do with this. And um, and yeah, you know. and It's really good beer, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, we, we definitely worked hard at Make sure my boss doesn't hear me. <laughs> ah, just kidding. That's my mom. Oh, yeah, She'd be yeah, all right yeah. with it. No, but you know, the thing is, is like I wanted, I didn't want another margarita in a can, yeah. you know, to, to go with the tacos. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people are going to be like, oh, nobody's going to drink this. A lot, something that's not a lager or a light beer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, there is. You know, there's a lot yeah. of like, you know, next gen Latinos, millennials, or whatever, that are craft drinkers. Yeah. And so, so we did a a saison um, uh, ale for this. And as you can, you know, as you can see in the um, in the can, um, you know, I'm wearing my hat, my taco hat, obviously. And it has the same font right there, the tattoo on the on, awesome. on the fist. But then you know. But it's also Spanglished, you know, yeah. so it's not just English. It's like, you know, rooted in Texas, que vivan los tacos. In the back, you see the story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so this idea is uh, around infusing our culture mm -hmm. in probably a whole new way, maybe a whole new market. Yeah. You know, when it, when it, when you think about um, craft drinkers, you yeah. know, it's not it's not just like it's not going to be just like. You know, white white guys with big beards. It'll be like brown guys with big beards. <laughs> Although I'm Indio, like so, like you I can't grow, grow I can't grow a beard. <laughs> I probably could grow a better beard than you. <laughs> um, it's interesting though because I feel like in some ways different cultures have had jazz and music and mm -hmm. rap, and and the origins of of that was kind of a response to what was available. Yeah, and and in very real ways, we do have food. Yeah, we do. You know? That is ours. Um. And so it's an opportunity to bring more people in to experience the glory that is La Comida Mexicana sí. and, and the experience and the history. Because I feel like it's not to say that, and I don't believe this, like every culture has its merits and every, every community has its, its highs and, and, and history will show us that it has had its lows. Uh -huh. I don't think anyone is better than another. But for what you're doing, you're kind of continuing your message of community storytelling yeah. and continue, continuing your your philosophy on deepening that engagement and shedding a light on those that don't necessarily get spotlighted yeah um, yeah and i think that's one of the i guess one of the things that i'm most proud of i would say mm -hmm. is bringing those voices forward you know yeah um and even like i'm lucky knock on wood that i actually have clients that get that yeah you know we, we work with um uh texas beef council here yeah. you know in texas and we do a lot of storytelling. We did a tamalada last year in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. You know, we went to South Texas and cooked a barbacoa, a beef head, you mm -hmm. know, on underground 
we we just came back from from Corpus to do like a simple taco night mm-hmm. um, to cover people's stories, yeah. you know, and and we we even uh, went to Beaumont. Yeah. You know, Uh-oh. to cover. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, and you no, made it back. But, you know, I'm it's. Kidding, it, so, I've never been, so there we. Stories. Yeah, we covered uh, Patillo's Barbecue, which is yeah. uh, the the fourth generation, for, um, probably the, the oldest African American family owned barbecue joint in Texas wow. since 1912. And so he was telling they our have story. Stories. Yeah, exactly. And so, so this idea of like being a i guess a digital storyteller mm-hmm. you know it's kind of really kind of like for me you know you're just a storyteller with the tools that are available and most accessible to most today yeah yeah you're a much. storyteller that's it yeah boom done done what's next from Mandarayo? uh baby goat <laughs> Talk to me. i'm not i'm not gonna eat the baby goat uh, I just built a uh, a little corral in my backyard because mm-hmm. I live in East Austin. As you can. As you can in East Austin. We already yeah. have a chicken. and uh, But we're going to get a little uh, pygmy baby goat mm-hmm. um, for the yard. And uh, So my wife, she's a professional. Uh, you know, once she got her master's um, at A&M uh, Landscape ar- uh, Architecture. Wow. I know. I got, now I, I just call it like a professional gardener, basically. It is what it is, man. <laughs> Those people make money. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, what they do is beautiful. Yeah. And so... And I want to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. You should talk to her. And, you know, she's... You know, she, she has her vision, but I'm like the... The, I'm her construction worker, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her to I'm, tell the, me. I'm the Mexican that they hire, that yeah. most people hire, but I'm the Mexican. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I just built that, and uh, you know, uh, you know, for us, it's it's about you know, I think being more represented in different spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, so I work with um, Monica Williams, and we have the project New Philanthropist, and so we are working to address uh, board. Uh, diversity at the boardroom, you know, in local nonprofit. And yeah. so that's another thing that we're working on. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get, get green lit uh, for the for the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. And if we do, then we'll go, we'll, we'll film uh, six more episodes that's awesome. from that. I'm super excited, one, to get to talk with you, two, that we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, didn't even know it. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> And and just I believe in what you're doing to no end. I think everybody gets into the industries that they get into sometimes on purpose, oftentimes on accident, but you've built a legacy in, in the storytelling and what you've started yeah. out from a communications perspective continues from a culture perspective. Yeah. And you have a very important place in our society today and I, I look forward to watching it grow. Well, thank you. And you know, like I always say is my uh it, it wasn't my calling. But I found my way to the tacos. One more question, just because <laughs> okay. I, I spoke to a young woman from El Paso this morning at 8.30. I made her call me early. Um, what advice would you give to people who are starting out, who may not have had access to the organizations or institutions that we did? Yeah. What's the advice for you? Um, I would say uh, find, find, find your passion, find something that you love, and do that. Mm-hmm. And even if it's part-time, you know, that like you have a regular job, just do it, you know, you do, whether you do it one hour a week, one hour a day, and just, just find that thing that you want to do mm-hmm. and keep at it and don't let anybody um, tell you otherwise. What was the best piece of advice you got growing up? Um, best piece that I've received, mm-hmm. 
is um, stop eating so many tacos. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There's, there's more people coming. I know. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining and for bringing us these amazing foods. Yes. I need to try the others. Um, but the Dorados were incredible and the beer is delicious. Yes. So I look forward to getting more. And actually, there's an agency friend partners in D.C. Uh-huh. called Revolution. Oh, okay, And I'd cool. love to send them some yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah you can great. get it. You're local H-E-B. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Hi, thanks so much for listening to us at APC Chats. Hopefully you walk away with some additional perspective or insight that you didn't have before. That said, if you want to continue the conversation, please do so following us at APC Collective on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks so much.